Hello, Door Creek. Welcome to today's service. Thank you so much for joining us as we continue on our series, Watchdogs, the Minor Prophets. So here week four, uh, we get to study and hear and, and be taught about a prophet named Obadiah. Yes, Obadiah, which means servant or worshiper of Yahweh, a worshiper of God, worshiper or servant. And um, Obadiah is a very interesting, some of you out there might be thinking, mm, Obadiah, where'd that name come? I've never heard of Obadiah. Well, Obadiah is, is the shortest Old Testament book, 21 verses, 21 verses. Now, just because we call these minor prophets doesn't mean their message is minor. Their message is major. Anything God speaks through his people is major, never minor. And so Obadiah, short book, his prophecy is simply a prophetic vision, okay? And the prophetic vision is not only just telling the future, but it's also prophesying of, of the present also. You could prophesy of the present. But we mostly know of prophesying of one telling of the future. And it holds true to Obadiah's vision that he is going to be prophesying of impending doom that's going to come on a nation called Edom. All right. And so we're going to see that this prophetic vision, and it's not a dream because dreams and visions are different. Dreams are associated with sleep, while visions are more associated with being awake. All right. Or some people might say a trance. Okay. Well, this is a vision. Doesn't say that Obadiah was asleep and he had a dream. Obadiah had a vision, a vision from God. And he was God's prophet, meaning God's mouthpiece. He spoke on behalf of God to the people. Now, Obadiah has an interesting, um, there's also something interesting about Obadiah. He is one of three prophets who had a singular message to one nation, to a nation, meaning that was their message to a nation. Habakkuk and Nahum um, also um, sharing that. When most prophets spoke um, to nations and also to Israel, um, Habakkuk, Nahum, and Obadiah speaks to one nation. And in this case, Obadiah is speaking to the nation of Edom. All right? And so let's see here. It's a short book. It's a vision. Um, our sermon goal is we must understand that neither pride, arrogance, or gloating are characteristics of God's justice or righteousness. All right? So, going back, to my theme, my, my sermon title is, It's a Family Affair. All right? Let's review the goal again. We must understand that neither pride, arrogance, or gloating are characteristics of God's justice or righteousness. Amen? All right, so I remember um, not too long ago a story about uh, two brothers um, that had a falling out. They had a falling out, and it was over something real minor, but it was a falling out. And whenever there's a falling out amongst siblings, it seems to trickle down into their descendants, into their kids. And so the brothers had a falling out, and so it made everything weird and strange amongst their descendants, their, their children. And so to the day that um, the falling out happened, 
the relationship, the communication, all kind of became very gappy and very awkward and uncomfortable. So we, under, we understand that um, a family affair or sibling rival, rivalry, these things happen in real life. These things happen. These are not, these are not just biblical stories, which we're going to see and, and get some background of, but we also face them today in our lives. That if something happens between me and my brother, it can make things awkward between our children. And so we're going to see here about uh, uh, two brothers, um, one named Esau who is the, uh, the, the ancestor of the Edomites, which are Edom. So Edom is descendants of Esau. And then Israelites, which are the descendants of Jacob. Esau and Jacob were brothers, and, and you know, uh, Esau was the eldest brother, um, born a little, a little bit before Jacob. So he was to become the patriarch. He was to become the leader um, as, as time went on. But Jacob deceived him, or, or Jacob... Uh, connived him, or because Esau was hungry, Esau gave his birthright away. And so Jacob became the founding father of Israel. And so from that happening, their relationship was never the same as brothers. And now here we are, Obadiah is prophesying to Esau's descendants, the Edomites. And so we're going to see what God says through Obadiah to the Edomites. So let's see here. A couple things about the Edom, about Edom, what we, we need to know, okay? The quarrelsome relationship of the two brothers has now become a family affair, okay? The tension and pain that runs deep between Esau and Jacob are things that they had to deal with but really, their descendants are the ones that sees the adverse effects. And it's happening, and, it's, and it happened for many and many of years. So why is God prophesying against Edom? Why is God against Edom? Well, Obadiah speaks to Edom, and these are some of the things that Obadiah is speaking about Edom. God said in his word, I will make you small among the nations. Now, the Edomites was not a tiny nation, okay? But when God deals with you and God brings on uh, um, consequences for your sin, what you thought you were or what you think you will be does not happen. So Edomites were good, a, big, a big nation, but God said, I will make you small. And not just in number, but in significance, Sometimes you think that you are significant and if you are against God or you're not pleasing God or you're going against God, God can make you insignificant. I'll make you small among the nations. These are God's words through the prophet. You will be utterly despised. No matter how much you were loved and how much you were liked or how much you were favored by people, when God speaks that you will be utterly despised, that means everything that used to be is not going to be anymore. I will bring you down. Mm. Now that sounds like someone who's exalted. We'll see in the scripture later where Edom, where they were, how they lived. He says disaster awaits you. Okay, there's no escaping. Okay, these are God's oracles. These are God's oracles. His words of of, of doom 
through Obadiah, God's divine judgment. Now, you got to understand God's divine judgment means there's absolutely nothing that's going to stop. God's divinity, God's divine anything cannot be stopped by man or by our circumstances or by our efforts. It's God's divine judgment to Edom and to all the nations. You will be ransacked and your treasures stolen. Everything you possess, the enemies, the other nations will come in and they will ransack, they will steal, they will pick your grapes, they will take your pillage, they will, do, they will pillage your, your belongings, they will do all of these things to you because it's God's divine judgment. You will be forced to the border. You will be scattered from your land. You will be scattered out. Now remember, it was the Israelites that were always taken in exile because of their disobedience to God. But here, God is not speaking to the Israelites. He's speaking to their relatives, the Edomites, their cousins, the Edomites. Now you would think a cousin or any relative would want to stand up for you. We'll see in a minute. It's not always the case. So God is speaking this impending doom through Obadiah to Edom. You'll be small. You'll be despised. I'll bring you down. Disaster is coming. You'll be ransacked and stolen, stuff stolen, and you'll be forced to the border. You'll scatter. Right? So let's look at some key verses in Obadiah. Okay? It's only one chapter, 21 verses. Let's look at some key verses. The first one is entitled, Your Pride Has Deceived You. Obadiah verse 4. Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. Now, those three last words, declares the Lord, that means God is going to do this. Okay? Declares the Lord. He's declaring. He's making a declaration that oh, even though you soar like the eagle, and we know the eagle soars to high heights. The eagle soars to higher heights so that it cannot be pestered by the crows and the birds that cannot go in the same atmosphere uh, that, um, uh, uh, that the eagle go, or the same stratosphere that the eagles go. So we see here, altitude, that's the word I'm looking for, they cannot go to the same. So even though you soar like the eagle and set your nest among the stars, that gives us a picture of someone highly lifted up. Someone exalted high. God says, from there, I will bring you down. Have you ever heard the saying, the bigger they are, the harder they fall? Yes. Edom was big in its time. It was big in its way. He was big. They were big in, in, in their doings. But when they came against God's people, when they didn't please God, God took a vengeance and God brought them down. No matter how high you go in life, if you don't serve God, if you go against God, you have to deal with God. See, your, 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 your pleasures and your treasures can't rescue you from God. Edom, your past, your accomplishments cannot rescue you from the divine judgment 
that God is bringing on you. And so he says, I'm going to bring you down. This is what I said, and this is what I declare. Then we go on to another verse. This is entitled, this is your family. <laughs> this is your family. Now, growing up, let me, let, let me read the verse here. It says, verse 12, you should not look down on your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. Now, this is repeated over and over. You go read, read Amos and read Obadiah. Um, you, you, you'll see that God repeats some of these, some of these things and some, and to some of these other nations. In Amos, he talks about Damascus and, and Ammon and Amdon and Ashdod and, and all of those. And here in, in Obadiah, God is saying in the day of their trouble, and he repeats this through several verses, that you should not gloat, you should not rejoice, you should not take pleasure, you should not feel prideful when your brother is down, when your brother has been taken advantage of, when your brother is being uh, terrorized, you should not take pride in this Edom. But you have sat aside, you have, have watched the terror, you have watched Israel, your brother, your cousins, you have watched them be overtaken and be destroyed by others and you stood and you did nothing. Nothing. Growing up in the hood, there was an unwritten law that we had in our families. And that was, if your family member is in a fight, <laughs> yeah, if your family member is in a fight and you're there and you just stand by and watch them get beat down, you're going to be in more trouble when you get home and answer to your parents. They're going to say, well, why didn't you do anything? Why do you go and help them? It's the same with Edom. God's children, Israel, was being terrorized, was being ransacked, was being uh, troubled by other nations. And Edom, their relatives, their brothers, their cousins stood by rejoicing, gloating with their chest puffed up, heads stuck up, saying, maybe saying things like, that's what you get. You know, it's the poison, it's the hatred that's trickled down from two brothers, two brothers, that now their descendants are now at war with one another. Well, Edom no longer exists, really, because God wiped them away. So, so here it is. You stood by and you did nothing. Brothers and sisters of Christ, we, when we see each other, in trouble, struggling in our journey, struggling to make it, struggling through depression, struggling through distress, uh, struggling in, 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 in anything in our lives, and we stand by and don't do anything, don't pray for them, don't reach out and embrace them, don't reach out and, 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 and let them know that you love them, or reach out and, and just give them an encouraging word that God is with you, I'm with you, you can make it. If you stand by, you're no better than Edom. If the enemy is ransacking your brothers and sisters and their journey and you stand by and don't pray for them, then you are like Edom. God does not like that. You got to bless them. You got to pray for them. You got to love them. And so 
I wouldn't dare go home and say I didn't do anything. I would jump in. Now, I'm not promoting violence. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not promoting violence. But I remember a cousin of mine that got in a fight with some friends, and I was there, and I went in to help. That's what I was supposed to I felt like I was supposed to do, okay? Why? Figuratively, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not promoting violence, but figuratively, we are to be there to encourage and to help one another. If you see your brother fall, if you see your sister fall or fail, we are not to rejoice. We are not to say, huh, we are not to gloat. We are not to spread the gossip about what they're going through and what they're, what's going on in them. We are to pick them up. We are to help bear their burdens. We are there to help encourage them so that they can get up and they can make it. Don't you dare gloat or boast because your brother is suffering or your sister is going through. You do the right thing and you pray for them. God said in his word, you should not look down on your brother in the day of their misfortune. And then another key verse, what goes around comes around. Verse 15, the day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done it, as, as you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. Okay? And that sounds very familiar in the New Testament, doesn't it? Do unto others as you want others to do unto you. So God said, this is for all nations, okay? If you do it to one, what goes around is coming around. Edom, you did it to your cousins, your brother, Israel. It's coming around to you. And this is the impending doom that Obadiah prophesied and spoke to the nation of Edom. That what you have planted what you have sowed, you will reap. And so we don't want to be in that position. We don't want to be in that situation where we are sowing and gloating in, um, in, in, in hatred or gloating in pride because pride does nothing good for the soul. So he says, for all nations, as you have done, it will be unto you. Your deeds will return on your own head. <laughs> it's God's divine judgment, right? You can't do anything about God's divine judgment. Okay, you did it. It's coming back to you. So Obadiah has this great responsibility as all the prophets, all the minor prophets, all the major prophets. They have this great responsibility to preach God's word, whether it be judgment or whether it be restoration, whatever it is, to mostly to Israel, okay? Because those were God's children. Those were God's people. Now, Edom, again, which is, is, is south of, 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 of Judah, Israel, I mean, Edom himself um, has a history with the Israelites. As you see, when Moses and the children of Israel were going to the promised land, the Edomites didn't allow them to pass through their land. They didn't allow Moses and the Israelites to pass through their land to get to the promised land. Now, there may be many people, family, friends, foes who might stand in your way, who might try to prevent you 
from reaching your destination, your destiny, or your promised land. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a promotion. Okay? Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's, you know, uh, 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 it's something that you've been working hard for and someone is standing in your way. I want to encourage you. Don't fret. Don't fret. Because if you are serving God, if you are God's children and you are trusting in God, don't try to handle it yourself. Let God do it. Oh, yeah. Amen. Let God do it. You see, God loves his children. And when we, when something is done to God's children, look, what is Luke? Let me just take you to Luke real quick. Um, Jesus said in Luke 17, verse 1 and 2 and 17, so Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with the millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. How much does Jesus love us? How much does God love his children? That if you even cause them to stumble, if you stand in their way to cause them for not reaching the promised land or reaching their destiny, it's better for you to have a millstone tied about your neck, cement on it, and cast into the sea. There's no escape. There's no surviving that. That's the heights. That's the depth. That's the width of God's love for you and for me and for us. God loves us unconditionally, and he will do what it takes for us to know that and for the enemy to know that. He, God doesn't just want us to know that he loves us. He wants the enemy to know how much he loves us. Just in case they think to mess with God's children, they're going to have to mess with, they're going to mess with God. And this is what Obadiah is saying, Edom, you've messed with God's children. Have you ever heard a parent or have you ever heard a mother or father say, you can mess with me, you can talk about me, you can do this to me. But if you do to my children, that's a whole nother thing. You don't mess with my kids. And that's what God is saying. You curse my name. You, you might serve other idols. You might praise other idols. You might lift them up. But when you come against my children, when you destroy, try to destroy my children, when you terrorize my children, you've messed with the wrong thing. Hallelujah. God loves us. God loves you. God cares about what you're going through. Your situation, you are not isolated. You are not by yourself. Don't try to take avenge, a vengeance on your enemies, on your foes. Let God handle it. His word says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Let God handle it. And when God does, let me give you, let me give you a good word of advice. When God does, do not gloat. Do not be puffed up with pride. Well, why not? God is taking the vengeance. You'll rejoice, but you're rejoicing because God stepped in, because God is on your side. But you're not rejoicing over the harm and pain to anyone. Right? You don't rejoice and gloat. And this is why Edom, because they stood by, why they, took, why they didn't protect the fugitives of Israel. Um, they opened up the gates for the enemy nations to come in. They didn't stand up. They watched them. They watched them. 
destroy and did not lift a finger, a sword, nothing to help them. Let's not be Edomites. Let's be godly. Let's look out for one another. Let's love one another. Let's pray for one another. God loves us. So don't stoop down to the level of your enemies. Okay? Rise above them and let God take care of the rest. Okay? If they go low, you go high. Don't stoop down. Pray for them. Didn't Jesus tell us? Pray for our enemies. Pray for them who, who abuse us. Okay? Pray for them. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. Pray for your enemies. This is what Jesus said. The Old Testament and New Testament, it, it's, it's the word of God. And you can't have one without the other. It's God's word and it's consistent. It's consistent. God loves us in the Old Testament and he'll do what it takes to protect us. He loves us in the New Testament. And Jesus said, it's better to have a millstone hung about your neck and cast it to sea if you cause one of these to stumble. God's love is consistent and it's unconditional. So let's look at pride. Because that's really what Edom's whole issue and problem is. Okay. And we have sometimes um, we have a little Edomism ourselves, right? Sometimes we become Edom in our own walks. But what is so bad and so hard about pride? Let's look at pride's problem. Number one, pride exalts oneself above others, including God. Yes, pride lifts you up, lifts one up above others and even God. We already know what happens. Got to bring you down. Number two, pride doesn't look at the cares of others. Pride only cares about itself. If Edom cared about Israel, they would have done something. Edom only cared about themselves. Pride leads to a life of self-service and pleasure. It was pleasurable for Edom to watch Israel suffer. Never take pleasure in the harm and the hurt of someone else, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Number four, pride is enmity with righteousness, meaning it's enemy. It's the enemy of righteousness. Pride, you cannot be righteous and have pride, live in pride. Okay, it's enemy. It does not, remember, we're saying it does not, it is not the characteristics of God's justice and God's righteousness. Number five, pride doesn't build for success. It borrows for success. Okay, let me say that again. Pride doesn't build for success. It borrows for success. It means it takes what is not it, what is not its theirs. Pride takes what is not its, its, itself. Okay, it takes what is not theirs and it borrows from someone else. Edom, along with the other nations, they didn't build they took, they took, they stole from Israel. What they didn't plant, they stole from Israel. And so pride doesn't build for itself, it borrows. Number six, pride leads to humiliation, not humility. There's nothing humble about pride. It will not lead you 
to humility. It will leave you being humiliated. When pride is done with you, it leaves you there and goes finds its next victim. Don't live a prideful life. Humble yourself. God's word, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in due time. Proverbs 14, 34. I love this. It says, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. Or you could say pride condemns any people because pride is sin. Righteousness, that's God's character. That's right standing with God. That's God's characteristics, his personality. That's God. It exalts a nation. So your right standing in God, your justice, your mercy, your righteousness, your believing and trusting God, your loving your enemies and all of that, that exalts a nation because it built on God's principles. It exalts a nation, but sin condemns any body or any people. Proverbs 16, 18, 19 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before fall. Better to be lowly in spirit along with the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. Don't share in the plunder. Don't share in the pillage. Don't share in the mess of the proud. Be lowly. Be lowly. Be, dwell with the oppressed. Because God is for the oppressed, not the proud. It doesn't mean I should make my goal in life to be an oppressed person. No, no. But life brings us different cycles in life. And sometimes it causes us to feel and to be oppressed. But God will pull us out and bring us out as we trust in him and believe in him. Last verse, Matthew 7, 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. One prophet right here spoke it. Obadiah It's coming around to you. If you do it, it's going to come around on your head. So let's continue to show forth God's righteousness, God's justice. Let's continue to pray for our brothers and sisters, our enemies, our family, our foes. And let's not gloat and be proud over their fall. As Edom stood watching, don't you be caught standing and watching. So today I want to pray because maybe there's some of you out there, even myself, there have been times when I knew an enemy was getting what they deserved. I had to catch myself and say, nope, you shouldn't be feeling proud like that. So maybe you're out there and maybe you've rejoiced and you've felt you've gloated and you've felt proud about some adverse thing that was happening to someone that you know. Could be a family, could be a friend, could be a foe. And you want God to forgive you, need to ask God to forgive you. I want to pray for you. And I also want to pray for you who doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you will accept Jesus into your heart. Will you do that today? Will you pray this prayer with me? Repeat these words after me as we pray together. Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. 
forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, forgive me if I've gloated or been proud over the adverse effects of anyone in anyone's life. Please forgive me over my family, my friends, or my foes, my co-workers. In Jesus' name, forgive me. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for joining us today. May God continue to bless you. May you continue to trust in our living God who loves you and I unconditionally.